The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. And it's not just sports tickets, but also music and theater tickets as well. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Edmonds and Latavius Murray, you're running back one and two for the week. Marvin Jones scores four touchdowns. We lose the game's MVP. Matt Nagy stinks. This is the aftermath of week seven. Welcome to the throwback. I'm your host, Chris Meany from The Athletic, also joined by Jake Seeley and Brad Ziegler of The Athletic. You can give Jake a follow on Twitter. If you don't already do, you're missing out. The all-in kid, you can give Brad a follow at Brad Ziegler, myself at Chris Meany. Guys, uh, wild week. I want to just start right there with Chase Edmonds because just remarkable we said before numerous times in this show that the upside of Edmonds if there was no DJ is through the roof we saw it last night firsthand absolutely but Jake like we just didn't know that DJ was only going to touch the field three to five times I think he had three maybe five snaps and Arizona completely trolled us after the game and saying everybody should have started, you know, Chase Edmonds. But there were a lot of ticked off people out there because there were really no reports until after the game that D- David Johnson really wasn't even going to see the field unless they were in a pinch and they needed this guy. So he probably didn't start him. We've brought up this conversation over the past couple of weeks that maybe he is a borderline flex play, you know, just because of this offense. I think now you have to play him. But, man, this is going to be confusing, I think, going forward. It's oh, first of all, so the Cardinals, good job to ever tweet that out because you just pissed off half the fantasy world. So congratulations <laughs> and now becoming one of the most hated teams if that was your goal, because you just did with that one tweet. Like, because the, the look, Andy Holloway from the footballers tweeted about the same thing. It's like, oh, it would have been nice to know that David Johnson wasn't going to see the field. He basically got that first touch. Uh, looked he started like he the might've... game. Yeah, but it looked like he might have tweaked something. But he did get, like, I think one or two more after that, after, like, Chase Edmonds has had, like, 75 touches. So I think it was just to spell him. But the part of what I said to Andy is it doesn't add up. I think this is kind of more the team, like, wherever it's area, whoever it's coming from. Like, this feels kind of like after the math of, like, covering your butts. And I'm kind of interested to see what Brad thinks, especially because he's played a sport where, you know, you have coach speak after the game. But it just felt to me like this was kind of like, hey, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of what we No, I think their plan was to use both of them. And I think when Chase Edmonds just did as well as he did on the first dr- couple drives, like two drives, and they were immediately up 14 nothing on the blue. The Giants couldn't stop anybody just as is expected. And at that point, it's like, why risk it at that point? Because you don't go – the reason I say it doesn't add up is because you don't go into a game with two – running backs that's it like the Giants even with Barkley back Gallman was active and they still have Elijah Penny as their flash you know slash fullback like it, the point is is nobody goes into a game with only two running backs unless they expect both to be okay so you can't tell us that the plan was for David Johnson to not really ever touch the ball because you know you would have had a third active running back yeah I, I mean I think <clears throat> I think they knew he could go if they needed him to they were just kind of hoping they wouldn't need him to and I, I, I don't I personally don't have a problem with the way they handled it. Like they're not obligated to tell us who you know who's gonna get the most carries oh, I or agree whatever. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're just they're like, look, is he healthy enough to play where if we needed him, could he go? Yeah, okay, well then let's let's make him active because we like David Johnson in this situation better than who's their third running back, DJ Foster. Like that's I mean, they don't have any other options. And and in reality oh, active. Yeah. 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 This, in reality, this is a this is a team that could go four and five wide. No problem. If, if Chase Evans got hurt and they didn't want to run DJ, they just go without a running back. Like they or, or throw a, a tight end back there, throw Charles clay back there just to give an extra blocker or something. Max they could Williams. totally do that. 
Yeah, it's they they could they could totally do that, and so I I think they feel like they don't need a, a high volume of running backs active because that's not their game. They run four wide more than half the time, which we've never seen before, and it's a blast to watch. And so at at, at this point, I I like I don't have a problem with it. I I think. I think the team probably had a pretty good idea going into the game, what was going to happen. And they have no obligation to make that public at all. And, and you know, there's, it, it sucks from a fantasy standpoint, but it's basically what the Patriots do to us every single week. Yeah. Every single week. Absolutely. <laughs> Patriots uh, game tonight too. And again, we said this, I think a couple weeks ago, was it after the Cincinnati game when he had a, a touchdown and maybe it was a, maybe it was a fluky touchdown at the very end. He, he ran one and I think it was a 37 yard score. And we, we talked about maybe him being just a flex play because of this offense, but we were unsure how many touches. And now it's, it's three strike games, at least double digit fantasy points. He does have five touchdowns in his last three. He had an unbelievable game yesterday, 27 carries, 126 yards and three touchdowns. He caught two passes for 20 24 yards but there was just some some heat and and I feel kind of bad for Darren Urban shout out hash uh, the Twitter handle is at cards chatter you'd said after the game that Kingsbury said David Johnson was only going to play in quote need based situations and everybody completely I saw on Twitter last night Jake just losing their mind on this guy like he was the one that said it he was just relaying the information that he had after isn't part of like what we do here is kind of predicting like we couldn't predict that David Johnson was going to start the game, touch the ball once, and then that was it, game over. But as analysts, we're sitting here, we've been saying for the past couple weeks, like, Chase Edmonds is a player in this offense. There's not a whole lot of guys to pass the ball to other than Larry Fitzgerald, and we saw it again yesterday. I think maybe we just lock this guy in as a flex spot and just seeing the upside. Maybe you're going to have dud games, but there was a lot of big-time players yesterday that had dud games. Yeah, yeah we, we've talked about back. this. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I was going to say there was the fact that Chase Edmonds talent-wise has never been an issue for people that have been listening to us. The only issue I do have is not knowing. And I don't know that we are going to know going forward uh, with, with Kingsbury and coming out with all that reports afterwards. Uh, as you said, like the, the medicine's getting to me. As you can tell, I said Arians earlier. I just realized I said Arians earlier. You guys shouldn't call me out on it. I know we're all sick, <laughs> and like, I, like I, but I have a fever. Actually, you know what? I, I do have a fever. You know what the cure is, Chris? What? I need bell cow for more Josh Jacobs. That's the cure for my fever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, it only took a couple uh, minutes. Yeah, not bad. It only took a couple minutes for that. But the, the, the concern I do have is I don't know that we're going to have a true story going forward, period, now after what just happened. And that's going to leave a right. bad taste in everybody's mouth. It's going to leave a trust factor in everybody's mouth. Brad mentioned it. It's like the Patriots. Next week is against the Saints. You don't like running between the tackles between the Saints, and that's not a best matchup. The 49ers are after that. That's not a great matchup. The Buccaneers are now the best run defense in the league. They're on the road against them. Then back to the 49ers, then the Rams. So – I don't know that you're going to feel great as great as t- of talent Edmonds is. If David Johnson is out there every single week, I think you still have to say David Johnson's the better option. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the fact of, can you really trust Chase? Like if Chase Edmonds doesn't get that work every single week, I, I don't know. What we- do we want to split backfield? It's- the problem is I think now going forward, the biggest issue is it's a mess. It, it, Brad, we'll get into Joe Mixon a little bit, but would you rather take seven to 10 touches of Chase Edmonds or a roller, you know, mixing every single week? Uh, right now, there's no question I'd take Edmonds because they, they are not afraid to use him as they are, are approaching the end zone. And he showed yesterday, he had three runs over 20 yards for touchdowns. Like, that's that's unbelievable. Like, just the, the potential explosiveness is so much more than Mixon offers right now with that. And, and in reality, like, they both have terrible offensive lines. One of them just has a really creative, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're using Chase Edmonds in ways where he can succeed. They're getting him in space. They're not having to force him between the tackles, you know, all the time. He he does that some, but the, but those touchdown plays are not, they're plays where he gets outside and then gets a chance to make some guys miss. That's his game, whereas Mixon's more of a, a banger. And I mean, right now, I wouldn't trust anybody in the Bengals offense right now. Out, You know, out, there, there's volume in the passing game, but Tyler Boyd was was completely irrelevant for three fourths of that game, and all of a sudden he got some catches late. But but I mean, who's going to start Alex Erickson in their lineup? Like there, you don't trust anything with the Bengals. Nobody. Whereas yeah, no. you, you feel like there is a a ton of upside with the Cardinals. But like Jake mentioned, the next four games are not defenses that I want to. I, I feel confident starting anybody against Kyler Murray, anybody because they are shutting people down. The Saints defense 
is absolutely legit. They're like they may be as good as the 49ers and and as soon as they get Breeze back, I mean, they've played pretty well with Bridgewater, but as soon as they get Breeze back, it just changes the whole complexion of that team, I think, from everybody's confidence standpoint. Because oh, that, the worst that, thing uh, I was I'll say that 49ers that Saints team. NFC Championship game well, is going to be special so to watch. That will, they, <laughs> that's a good call there. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And it might be the exact, like, not what we expect from the Saints. It'll be like a 13-10 game. I was going to say the worst part about that, for speaking of the Saints and 49ers, is it's the on the Saints, Saints on the road this week. They followed up the 49ers game is the Thursday night at home. Like, so it's Saints and they immediately quick turn back around for 49ers. Like, it's, I think it's a disgusting situation. But, Chris, I know I told you this before the show is like, this is a perfect example because in my home league, and I know people don't like to listen, oh, I care about your team. And this isn't to tell you about my team. I don't care. Like, that has nothing to do with it. This has to do with, I want to continue to bring up the fact that I mentioned it on Twitter before, and I know you wish you probably are having the same on the opposite side, is I deserve a loss this week. I am going to win. And I, I'll tell you because you don't care about my team, but this will tell you all you need to know. I am going to win with Garoppolo, Carlos Hyde, Mark Walton, Golden Tate, Preston Williams, George Kittle, Duke Williams, and the Packers defense. That's what I'm winning with. I threw out Stefan Diggs. He's the <laughs> only person that performed. Everybody in this team scored 13 or less with 8, 8, 3, 1, 2. Like, that's how bad my team was. But my team I'm facing had David Johnson. He also had Chase Edmonds on the bench. So that's why I bring it full circle for two reasons. Is one is there's a lot of people out there, tons of people were tweeting saying, got Chase Edmonds on my bench. Look at Chase Edmonds on my bench. David Johnson was a starter. I have Chase Edmonds on my bench. The flip side of it, Chris, is I deserve a loss, and I am going to go one and one because I didn't score in the top half of the league this week. But there's been other cases, which I know you're sitting in right now, where it's the opposite and you deserve a win. And this is why I really want everybody to play double headers because at the end of the season, you just get a more balanced, real playoff situation. Because if you're the second best scorer, you're at least, at least going one and one. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it needs to be done. hundred percent. I think everybody should do this. It's, it's the way to play bad beats are, are a thing, but it's just, it's just the fairest way. And, and maybe I'm a little bit better this morning as, as a, uh, heading into the week two and four needed a win for sure. Uh, you know, made a trade trade acquired Marvin Jones, had this guy on my, on my team, getting me 40 plus points. I'm going to score the second most points of the week and I'm, and I'm not going to win my matchup. <laughs> like I just, yeah. it's, it's, it's just the way it, it's just the way it is the way the crookie, cookie crumbles. I don't know people that, Crooked crumbles. Crooked, crooked crumbles. <laughs> We're all a little sick here this morning, so bear with us. And and by the way, and if you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, now's a good time uh, to head on over to theathletic.com slash the throwback. We'll get you 40% off the subscription. You'll see Jake's article will come out a little bit uh, later on this evening at 12.01 exact. Uh, you'll get the waiver wire stuff there and some buy lows and some sell highs and, and guys we'll talk about. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, Absolutely. Um, the whole, my home league has a, we're going to have a third highest score who's going to get a loss this week while watching me score 76 points. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. And you get into certain other situations too. I know I had the most points in a dynasty league a few years back, ended up missing the playoffs, won the consolation bracket, and then I get first overall pick. Like little things like that shouldn't happen. Um, you know, we don't talk enough about league settings and, and the quote unquote correct way to play, but I think that's one of them, Jake. And, and a friend of the show, Joe Pizapia, I started playing that format with him in his home baseball league a couple years ago and I loved it I thought it was phenomenal if you face a guy that you're going to get beat you should still be rewarded for being better than you know the rest of your league at least half of it so I saw it Scott Barnett great follow of course on Twitter uh is Barrett my bad yes uh Scott Barrett (laughs) DFB I you know I saw him tweet your team versus the team she told you not to worry about and this is hilarious (laughs) I don't know if you guys saw it so it's it's obviously Mahomes left the game, but Mahomes, David Johnson, carry on, jo- um, carry on Johnson, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Devonta Freeman, Evan Ingram combined twenty nine points. Team B: Wow, Jacoby Brissett, Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, Marvin Jones, Zach Pascal, Alex Erickson, Danny Amendola, Josh Hill, two hundred and nineteen fantasy points. <laughs> that is week seven, guys, in a nutshell. Oh, Brad, are you do- are you double headers? Yeah, I, I'm all for it. I, um, I'm i in a league where we actually play two other teams in the league right now. Um, they, The the structure of the league was set up where um, at, at that time they didn't didn't realize on my fantasy league that you could you could set it up with uh, playing the, you know, the the league median or whatever, if, if you want to say as your second game. Um, but yeah, all my my sleeper leagues are, are all that way. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm all for it because I feel, I do feel like that's a really good setting to have. Um, but at a minimum two games, even if, even if you're on a website that doesn't allow you to play the league median, 
play two games and and give yourself at least a chance because you know if you are the second highest scoring team in the league and you happen to play the the team that scores the most you deserve at least a win out of that and and to kind of break even for the week instead of you know fall into the bottom of the standings just by being you know <laughs> being one of the highest scoring teams in the league jake what sites can you do you can't do that on yahoo is it just like mfl i no, know cbs has it as well you can do it on fan tracks you can do it on sleeper and you can do it in my fantasy league nice okay you had yeah, a- so there, there's a- so my fantasy league to do it for those out there you ha- you have to set it up as victory points where you essentially get you know like hockey like you get two points for a win one point for a tie zero points for a loss and then and then it gives you another chance to add victory points for um you know four yeah. teams in the top half of the league or you can even break it up into you know into thirds it's, yeah like it still works out the, league, the same way third, bottom third yeah, yeah. There's one matchup in in that same league where I'm kind of complaining about one guy scored 47 points and he's gonna win. Like that's how yeah, crazy that, the the week has been. This guy's that's, gonna that's go me. To, that's my team. Yeah, I for was, sure. I was freaking watching the Bills game with three people in that game. <laughs> like this is and two of them are Dolphins. This is not. I'm not. I should not win. <laughs> uh, you had another another league thing too. Yeah. You want to touch where, on that now? You guys. So yeah, you guys can definitely uh, voice your opinion. So I put it out to, well, that's jumping ahead. I'll just, uh, so this is what happens. We're sitting there, I'm sitting there at three o'clock and I get a text from somebody in the league at three o'clock and the person texts me and says, Hey, I was on the road and I know he was on the road. He lives in DC. He was down for the weekend. Uh, He was on the road. If anybody didn't know on the East coast, especially down here in Virginia, it was torrential downpour pretty much from like 10 AM till two yesterday. I was actually really surprised we got our games in on direct TV. Okay, kudos correct TV. I mean, they don't have they don't get enough love. Everybody loves to hate on them. There's, they held up well yesterday. In any case, sidebar there. So not he, a sponsor says, of the show, but we we like. No, them. they're not sponsoring the show. <laughs> so he texts me. He says, "Hey, like I tried to pick up Eric Ebron. I did pick him up. Our waivers go through at twelve because ESPN. That's another one. We got to get off ESPN for another site next year because you can't do twelve thirty. So like that's the one thing. So you can only do twelve. So in any case, he was picking up Ebron at twelve because he had Chris Herndon. Obviously, is expected to be out this week. He was not going to start him. He said, "I was doing it in my car." on the way out and I submitted my lineup and it didn't take, I didn't see it till now because I've been on the road in torrential downpour with my three kids, you know, like just getting in the house and I'm seeing it. Can you put Eric Ebron in? And I said, I can't make that call. I can't do that now. Like I can't specifically just like myself, even as commissioner, I can't say like, sure. Like I understand your situation. I told you guys about the, the, was it the one the guillotine league mm. where I forgot, you know, and then double checked and went to change Sterling Shepard and the site locked it five minutes before game time. And I was like, yeah, you know, come on. Like the site locks it before the game even kicked off. Can you check out Sterling Shepard? But in any case, so I said, we could ask the league. Well, he texts the entire league and the entire group chat. And of course it blows up and goes crazy. There's people, you know, it's a slippery slope. There's people who are like, you know, I understand with this is if we're going to really come down to the fact of whether or not we trust you, we all know each other. And that's one of the things that people should know. It's 100 percent trust. We've all known each other for years. This isn't like some random league we just picked up off the side. This is my home auction league that we've been together for every single year and every single. So the trust factor is not an issue. And so I lean towards the same feeling as I had a Thursday night as I want to do it. But I also understand the other side, Chris, and the fact of the slippery slope. I'll tell you what the outcome was, but if you're sitting there in the situation of commissioner, do you try to make the call or do you do what I do is say, hey, you know, this is going to have to be a league thing. And if you are one of just the league people, are you saying yes or are you saying no? Yeah, this this one's this one's tough for me to unravel. I, I try I try not to. Well, for one, ESPN is garbage. Absolutely, like everyone just needs to stop playing. ESPN. <laughs> you know what the funny thing was? Look, look. Hey, first of all, for that's another one. We love everybody at ESPN. Yes. The app isn't the best. The, the changes they made to the app definitely need to be tweaked because I got a lot of responses on Twitter that said that was your first mistake was using the ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I feel too. And, and you're right. I'll echo that. I, I love a lot of people at ESPN. I respect uh, you know what they do and for for people in the fantasy community. But I've never been a fan of the layout for years like for whatever sport it is like basketball hockey football for years i just avoid it i don't play any espn leagues and i actually don't take any exceptions when people you know ask me to play espn leagues i just say no but i I, i'm trying to think of this outside of the fact that it is your home league and you guys are all buddies and and i feel like in my home league i don't think this would ever happen but if it did happen in my home league we would definitely have a vote for it and we would just play it out wherever the votes happen. I think you played it correctly. Like I can't do this now. You're going to have to have a league vote. And for me voting, I think I would, I think I would say no too bad. (laughs) I I, I really do in this situation. (laughs) I, 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 
I mean, he's known about Herndon for quite some time. I feel like his lineup, you know, going on the road, knowing you're going to be on the road, maybe I'm a hard ass here, but, you know, set your lineup Saturday night, set your lineups early in the morning. I, I, that's kind of how I feel. But again, I'm, I'm a little torn the fact that you guys are all so close and you've been in this league forever and you guys are all buddies. So I don't feel like anyone would be completely bitter and it wouldn't ruin the league. But outside of the whole buddy oh, thing, you should have seen some of the texts. Really? So there you go. Like, so some people are kind of feeling how I feel. And yeah, talk about your results after. I get Brad's thoughts, but I mean, if that's the difference of a win and a loss, and you're trying to chase somebody, and this guy's getting a win now, and you needed that team to lose, like it's a big cluster. You know what? Oh, so, and, this, and so it does. It looks like, and unless I mean, if James White, so I'll give you the upside of the, or not the upside. The actual information is putting him in there was 15.8 points. That puts him up by 14 heading tonight's game with the other team having James White. It could be a moot point, or it could be the difference between a win and a loss. It's a big yikes. Brad, yeah, what's your a thoughts? Tough one. <clears throat> so my my initial thought is, and I, I've been in this situation in, in various forms, and we had it in the, in our guillotine league earlier this year that Chris is in, yeah. where we did the draft. We did an auction draft on Yahoo because we did not want to do an auction draft on my fantasy league, but but we wanted to run the guillotine league on my fantasy league. So we did an auction draft. Well, one of the owners like was running his team on the Yahoo site where the draft was done, even though all we had done was the draft there. So we get into to week one of the guillotine league and he literally like didn't submit a lineup. He's making text comments about me. Like, why do you still have Lam um, Lamar Miller in your lineup? He's out for the year and whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I dropped Mar <laughs> Lamar Miller, you know, three weeks ago. And, and so then all of a sudden it occurred to me, he's on the Yahoo site. And, and so he's, all of a sudden we were like, okay, we have a big dilemma and we got to figure this out quick because we're in the middle of week one. So we did a quick league vote, forced everybody to get on and, and vote right away. They actually let him submit a lineup where it was, it just took his highest dollar amount players from the auction and put him in. Like, this is your starting lineup because this is who you spent the most money on, which allowed him or it forced him to put Melvin Gordon in a starting lineup, even though he wasn't playing. But at the same time, like they felt like that was the most fair way to go. I personally feel like in, in, and that was kind of a unique scenario because we drafted on one site and then ran the league on another, but I was also in another Yahoo league. And this is kind of a home league where they had a glitch. It was maybe two or three years ago. They had a glitch where I, I had gone on, it was like week eight and I had gone like clicked my week ahead to week nine to look at my buy situation for the next week. I changed my lineup in week nine to look at it. And it actually changed my lineup back in week eight, even though I had never changed it. And so it, it, it like, I don't know how to describe that, but anyway, so I, I noticed it after the game started and I had texted a buddy and said, Hey, I'm not gonna, I feel like I can't remember. It involved Todd Gurley. I, it was either like, I'm not going to start Gurley this week or I'm going to start him or whatever. And I, that's who I was playing that week. And I said, like, I think I'm gonna, like, I, I think I'm going to play Gurley this week or I'm going to play Gurley this week, whatever. Well, Gurley wasn't in my lineup and Gurley went off that day. He had like three touchdowns in the first half and when I realized that I got home from church, hadn't, you know, hadn't looked at it since Saturday and got home from church and Gurley was not in my lineup. He was going off and it ended up, I ended up losing that game by like less than 10 points. And I definitely would have won with Gurley in there. And I missed the playoffs by a game. Like it, it literally affected, you know, if I would have won that week, I would have been a playoff team. And I was so bitter about it for a long time because they wouldn't change it. But they basically said like, look, we have to go with what's on the site because that's the only thing that we can trust even if there was a glitch like that's not our fault you know would you have texted us the same thing had Gurley not scored three touchdowns and I was like look I texted the guy I was playing earlier this week and told him and they basically just said like sorry we can't do it and I missed the playoffs because of it and and I debated quitting the league at that point because it was I just felt like it was unfair I, I, I felt like I had enough evidence to show it and I but I didn't I didn't quit the league and I I personally am back to the side of like you know what I think you have to go with what's on the site because that's there's plenty of time all week to change everything, especially in, in this situation. Everybody knew Chris Herndon was not playing. Like right. he hasn't practiced all week. Like that's that's a scenario where like, okay, that that to me is shows a lack of activity prior to Sunday because there's the, the you know, if if you knew if Herndon was your only tight end on your roster, you knew he wasn't playing all week, you should have picked up Ebron or whoever, you know prior to Sunday morning or Saturday night or whatever, it should have been, you know, on Thursday, you could have made that same call. And the game's on Monday, right? I know he tried to make, tried to make the move and you know, the glitch doesn't work. Jake, what, 
what were the results? Obviously, you're fine with Ebron is is in the lineup. I mean, you just gave the matchup and what it's going to be. Well, were the voting yeah, well, so, was the votes close? Well, the votes were so. I, <laughs> the weird thing was, I guess, because Apple's phones were updating yesterday. Apparently, this. So I joked. I said, "Oh, this will be great. It'll turn into a Twitter thing. We'll bring it up on the show." And then that was it. I legitimately, I haven't seen a text since. And then all of a sudden, the owner and the closest friend of the owner and myself, they're actually, everybody in the league knows who I'm talking about, so it's not like a surprise. But they actually, the sisters are who they're married to, so that's how close they are. Um, but both of those guys, because those are the ones I text the most, because one of them still lives here. Uh, to text me at like seven, eight o'clock and they're like, man, you know, sorry, it looks like, you know, it's going to be a lot of backlash. You got to do what you got to do. If you say yes, it sounds like people are going to like whatever. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And then somebody else in the league texts me. He's like, man, I, you know, just so you know, this has been a really frustrating day, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, I understand. Like not knowing there's been texts going on. <laughs> and then, so, you know, I go to follow up and then somebody said, you know, I think, well, Tim, the other one, uh, says something. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, people are still talking. I was like, I haven't seen anything from the owner he's facing. Apparently, they've been going on for hours. And it was like a huge, huge. They sent me some of the screenshots. Like people, they started getting mad. So and I texted and I said, look, it's going to come down to this. There's people, and I'm not trying to say this is what people want, but they do. They, they, want, they want the decision taken out of their hands. And whether or not they're listening to this episode or say it right now, they, want, they don't want to be the bad guy and they don't want to be the good guy. They want to, you know. I know the people voting for being a good guy are fine with being the good guy, but at the same time, they still don't want to make the overall decision because if they did, they know the people who are the bad guys are going to be mad at the person who made the decision. This is why the commissioner sucks and why it all comes down. So I said, look, we're friends first. This has already gone like, yeah, I didn't even know about the other stuff. And I had already gotten to the point where I'm like, look, we're getting to the point where we need to be friends. We all do this every single year. We all know each other. If it's going to start straining relationships, that's gone too far. So, mm-hmm. Like, if I need to be the bad guy, that's fine. If everybody wants to hate me, that's fine. And I said, we're going to do what I said. We're going to do what I said, and we're going to put it up to Twitter. I made a joke. I did put the poll out there. I thought it would be a good conversation on Twitter for people with these type of situations, what you guys are talking about right now. You guys obviously would have voted no. The percentage came down 65% yes. And I said, so that's what we're going with. Uh, so far, the votes at that point, I think they were like four to five, five being no. The no had the majority at this, that point. I hadn't voted yet. Somebody else hadn't voted yet. I don't know. It might have even been six. But point being is, I said, look, if you guys want to be mad at me, I'm going with the Twitter decision. That's over, you know, two, almost 2,000 people who made the vote. So they got the opinion in our league, and that's what we're going with. Geez, so you're not even going to take the <clears throat> votes of your league mates. You're just going to take the votes of the trolls no, on Twitter. Eat- Oh, see, there you go. Exactly. Now you can hate me too. That's it. The people are gonna see. That's, I know. There's no win. Yeah, that, you're right. That's to your that's point. Actually, there's not no a win. bad way to do it when you get as many votes as you did. You got 2,100 votes. Oh on yeah, that tons poll of votes. Yeah. Because it it takes any personal bias out of it. Absolutely. For, exactly. Like, yeah. The team playing against him says no. Don't change it. You know, like what whatever. It just it, it's and people need to keep things in perspective here. This is fantasy football. Like yes, it, you know we have fun with it. We put a lot of time and effort into it. But don't let this ruin friendships. Right. Like this, th- you have to get past this at some point. You can be fantasy mad. That's fine. But don't be like legitimately mad at somebody because of fantasy football because it's just not right. worth it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well hold said. on. Post-credit stinger, everybody. Hold on a second. It, it technically, this is, I could enforce another rule on top of this. This makes this whole thing moot. I'm looking right now. The person he's facing was also traveling on a conference or a trip or something. And he's out in Vegas. I just realized he's got Todd Gurley on his IR spot. That is technically an invalid roster. And technically, he should get a loss, period, and not be allowed to have any points on his team. Any- so technically. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, that's what you should do. Stinger. Force force that guy into a zero for the week, and then and then leave that guy, leave Chris Herndon in that other guy's lineup, and then it's all there good. You go. It's all fixed. Oh, it just wow. don't, it sets a really bad precedent for the future, though, one way or and the see, other. And I think that's whatever. <laughs> as we wrap it up, and we'll get to get back to the fancy. I, now I'm trying to control the show, Chris. Sorry, but like it would get back to the fancy news and give control back to you. Like the biggest point is like I agree with you guys. Is like it's friends first. Don't let that sacrifice the relationships. I think I agree with you. What you just said is why I did it. Twitter takes it out of our hands. It gave it out to the public. I was going to go with what the public said either way. And it wasn't even close. I mean, it wasn't like 55-45. It was 65%. So it's almost two-thirds just right about that that said yes. So just let it go and move on from there. And then in the future, you know, make sure these things don't happen. As you said, you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, you have days to take care of it. On the flip side, 
I understand if this wasn't a friends league as much as it is, my immediate answer would have been no because of what you just said, Brad. It's a slippery soap precedent type of situation because now this comes up and what if somebody texts me at 110, oh, I was trying to change my life, I forgot, and it was after somebody just had a 70-yard catch for a touchdown or something. You know, that's it's it's now where do you draw the line the next time this happens? Yeah, I, yeah the, easy, the easiest thing to do is just say, Whatever the website has is what it is, unless you text me before games start yeah. and you're having trouble and that's the only way you can get it through. That's the only, and then you have a screenshot that shows a timestamp, whatever. That's, but to me, it's, that's the easiest thing to do is just make it a blanket policy because it, the biggest thing it does is it takes pressure off of the commissioner because the commit, you're essentially asking the commissioner to go and circumvent the website. And, and like yeah. I said, I go to church on Sunday mornings. I'm commissioner of a whole bunch of leagues. If someone's texting me during church, I'm sorry, but I'm not responding to it. And by the time I get out, our church gets out at 12:15. Games start at noon in Central Time. Like the the games have already started when I get out of church, and so I'm not I'm not going back in and fixing it later. And so we set I set every single one of my leagues up this year where there are no Sunday morning ads. It's Saturday night waivers are the last time that you can add anybody. Yikes. And and you've got to set your lineup up. And and if you don't do it, then you're taking zeros. Fair enough. I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, let's not let's not Jacob, ruin our lives I'm and friendships because of this. <laughs> I think that is the biggest takeaway. You're homely, but you're dead on, Jake. If this was a money league and people I don't know, I'd be pretty ticked off, especially if I was the guy who you know needed a win or needed that person to lose, and all of a sudden they get the Ebron touchdown in there. By the way, it was a heck of a touchdown. Let's give them credit for that. Um, but yeah, well, yeah where did those hands come from? Yeah, where did those hands come from? Sharon with Hawkinson, that'd be nice. <laughs> or Fant. Uh, <laughs> or you know who doesn't need them? Who? Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs with a good game and left for a period of time and still came back and, and had well over 100 yards. But I want to talk about Latavius Murray because on this show yes, we've too. said all year long, I know, Jake, you have hammered this point home to death in your articles. Don't drop Latavius Murray. You never know. Like, he is arguably one of the better handcuffs. And I know it's it seems like over the past few weeks it has sucked to hold on to this guy. But you could say that, I guess, for Latavius Murray for the past couple years. In Minnesota, when he was given an opportunity, he was winning people weeks, heading them to a fantasy football championship. And then last week we saw the upside of Latavius Murray when there's no Alvin Kamara. And this was without Drew Brees under center. Against the Chicago Bears, apparently this is a good defense. 27 rushing attacks. Attempts, 119 yards for Latavius, two touchdowns. Jake, I don't know if you saw that coming, that kind of performance. No. Um, but again, Latavius without Alvin Kamara, you see the upside as a borderline RB1. Oh, it's, it, that was what we keep hammering the point home, that he's an RB1, especially on this team, if there is no Kamara. What was he, number two on the week? So, no, I didn't see him being number two. Like, when I said RB1, I wasn't speaking, like, potentially the RB1. <laughs> but, hey, look. <laughs> This is the upside that you wanted, and this is the upside that he's always had. Even if you took away the late game stuff where mm-hmm. they're kind of like grinding into them, there's still going to be a top 10 running back on the week, and that's what the appeal of Latavius Murray is. I don't care what team he's on. The Saints do help, whether or not it's Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Brees, and that's what he's showing, too, on top of it, is Latavius Murray, when given opportunities, when he's been 100% healthy over the past couple of seasons, you mentioned with the Vikings, given the opportunities, this is one of the most underrated, even back when he was with the Raiders. That was a miserable yes. team. Yes. And it was a kind of a volume based situation for a time there, but he was also remarkably, what was it? A thousand rushing yards on what was only like a, like two barely over 200 some odds touches. If I remember, I'm going to have to go back and look, I remember whatever that season was, but he's a great running back. I'm looking right now. Yeah. It was 1066 yards and 267 carries. That was the volume year. And then the next year was the one where he had 195, almost Double 800 rushing yards. The 12, yeah. The 12 touchdowns. So, he gets the opportunities he produces, and this is why when you have somebody – and forget, let's just take the Latavius Murray out of the equation, and you know this too, Brad, is if you have a running back like Chase Edmonds, like Latavius Murray, the one I keep bringing up right now, besides everybody always talks about Madison because you're getting to see Madison is the one that you don't see a lot of, but is Rykel Armstead, the one who's going to get 70% of the workload if something happens to the lead option, more often than not is going to produce just on opportunity, let alone being a talent like Latavius Murray is. That's the key. It's 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 primarily an opportunity when you have a two a two running back backfield and one of them goes down, they're not going to throw a third string running back into the mix and give him half the touches. They're going to rely on the guy that they've they've had out there and as part of their starting lineup to begin with. It's the same situation in Tennessee. If Derrick Henry goes down, Deion Lewis is going to be a very valuable running back because he can receive 
but he also has, has proven in the past he can be a lion's share guy for a certain amount of time. I don't know that you want him that way for a whole year, you know, uh, you know, or, or year after year. But for a three or four game stretch or something, he could take 25 touches a game and, and be just fine. And and one thing people don't realize about Latavius Murray, if, if you you know haven't dug into this kind of stuff, he is a huge man. He is 6'3", 230. Like, that doesn't happen in running backs. Most running backs are like 5'10", 5'11". You know, they might be 2'15", 220. But he's 6'3". He's, I mean, he's as big as Derrick Henry almost. Henry, I think, is maybe a, a little heavier. But... But this is a big guy, and all of a sudden you're running him through a really good offensive line. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, we we talked before. Like there are certain handcuffs that should be stashed, and they there's no way in any league, no matter how shallow it is, these guys should not be on the waiver wire list because you want to just stack those guys on your bench in case this opportunity happens. When the opportunity happens, you put them in your lineup or you force a, a the team that has Camara to give up a whole bunch in a trade just to. To, you know, basically be able to put a lineup out for the week. Now, I will say, I, the Bears, the last two games, the, the Raiders game in London and, and this game, the Bears defense has absolutely been exposed. And I don't know exactly what's going on there because they were dominant the first four, four or five games of the year. And now they're, it's just like, what is happening? This That's not a team that you ever saw giving up 36 points to the Saints at home. Like I would, I'm shocked. I, I, I honestly thought, and I know some of it, a lot of it has to do with their offense not being able to move the ball. Trubisky is just unbelievably bad it's it's embarrassing to watch sometimes and think like this is the guy that they drafted second overall ahead of Mahomes ahead of Lamar Jackson ahead of Deshaun Watson how in the world do you you they trade it up what did they see what did they see I I don't know what they saw I I have no idea they've yet to have a 300 yard game they they look brutal I mean they're coming off a game where they had seven rushing attempts it's a franchise low I mean this organization has been around for a long time there's really no excuse Matt Nagy had two weeks to prepare for this game and they run the ball seven times like are you kidding me and Trubisky's now one and eight when he throws the ball at least 35 times like that's not the recipe for success if Trubisky's gonna drop back and throw 35 times you're gonna lose yeah, and Tariq Cohen had nine catches for 19 yards. Like, that's, how do you even? That's it. Feels like that would be physically impossible to have that much volume and get 19 yards out of it. Well, they, most of them were they throwing like at the at or behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously. The, it's the, just the truth is, is I, I made the joke again yesterday. I made the joke with the first time he said it. I made the joke again yesterday. I'm not trying to look at my jokes, but it's you know there was Kevin Fishbane who for the Athletic covers the Bears. He his post game tweet. Or I guess a quote from Matt Nagy was, "I really thought our run game would be better." And what said, the hell? Matt you didn't Nagy's... even try. I swear, and I, my my tweet was, "Matt Nagy still wonders how he got into the clothes he's wearing." Like <laughs> it, you're you're the one who controls this. How are you that baffled by you're the one that's the problem? What is happening? I don't understand. Yeah, they had seven carries, and two of them were by wide receivers. Yes, Anthony Miller and Cordero, Cordero Patterson had they two other carries. Again, I pointed it out when somebody, one of the owners in my league who has David Montgomery, tweeted me said he's trash, and somebody I'm sitting here watching the game with is what the hell's wrong with David Montgomery? And I was like, it's not David Montgomery. And I pointed out as soon as he said that too, the play that was out there, it was a single back set with Cordero Patterson. That's all you need to know. I, I mean, I don't understand. He has two carries for six yards. He fumbled early on in the in the third quarter, but he only had one touch in the first half. I d- like I don't get it. Like, it's it's crazy. And I, the game was close at that time. Like it wasn't like it, you know the Saints expanded that lead in the second half, but it was a close game at halftime. And there, so there would have been more opportunity to run the ball and not just you know, pad your stats when you're playing from behind. Yeah, we've been saying for a couple of weeks that you can't start Montgomery until things turn around a little bit. Like, I, I wouldn't drop him, but my goodness, Jake, you can't roll this guy out because, again, we don't know if he is brutal. And I will take all the heat for calling this guy, you know, my fantasy MVP. I'll take that. You know, we talk about victory you laps. Go back to that yeah, week I'll... three trade I offered you and, and send him my way. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember what that week three trade was, but I would take, you know, a bag of chips right at this point for David would Montgomery. Would you start Joe Mixon or David Montgomery? Oh, my goodness. I guess Mixon because he's on the field touching the ball. It's it's so brutal. I mean, 36 snaps for Cohen, 30 snaps for Montgomery. It's 55% to 46%, but it doesn't matter because he's not touching the football. So, and it doesn't really seem like it gets all that better for Montgomery. Like looking forward, this is this one no, guy we, actually wanted him from me in a, in a, <laughs> in a couple of leagues, and I'm like, why do you even want him? <laughs> it's like yeah. we got we, the Chargers we this week play. at Philly, Detroit. Rams, Giants, is that when it gets better? Giants, Detroit, yeah. Dallas? The Giants is the only game he's got a shot to be to be an RB2 or better. Yeah, week 16 he'll show up against the Chiefs. 
you know, but you won't be playing fantasy football championships because you'll be already out of it. But but to the to the point back to Latavius for a second, his ownership has jumped up twenty eight percent in the last twenty four hours. So Jake, like he was available. He's only hanging around the fifty percent ownership mark in Yahoo leagues. And Brad, you bring up a point that he can catch five catches yesterday, forty one in twenty fifteen, the season that you were talking about as well. Uh, Jake is. I think maybe they just hold out Kamara against the Cardinals and you just dial this guy up. Like he's not a sell high. You just roll him out, right? Or would you try to maybe flip him to a Kamara owner? Uh, you definitely should try to flip him, and you might want to, even if you have the running back, that flip him in general, period. Because, yeah. I mean, people are just going to be coming off that game, and you can kind of talk up the fact that, because, yeah, it's going to come down to, like the whole, we've heard the Drew Brees talk too, is it's going to come down to who's playing in this game. But if Kamara's out, I mean, he's going to be a top 10 running back this week. It's against the Cardinals, let's be honest. So I think that it's a good time because if Kamara does come back, he could still actually be an RB1 for the week, but you get you just get out before the value drops out of the bucket. So I think that's a smart move. Yeah. Spe- speaking of really quick, um, Kamara, he, whether he sits out week, week eight or not, who it you know doesn't matter at this point. He's underperformed to this point. This is an unbelievable buy low opportunity. If you can get someone to give you you know, to, to go and get Kamara, if you can get someone to not, you know, not rob your team, because when Drew Brees comes back in week nine, which is what it's looking like right now, Kamara is going to be back to being a top five back every single week. That's it's, it's more a part of that game. So if you can go get Kamara right now and stash him for another week, then do it. Yeah, so 27 touches or 27 carries, the second most behind Leonard Fournette, who now leads the NFL in touches thanks to CMC being on the bye week. But a, a total of 32 touches is a week high for Latavius Murray. So, um, yeah, good stuff there for sure. I, I had somebody tweet me, thanks for <laughs> his jokes. It was actually both sides. I don't know if they were trashing me. It's like, thanks for you know telling me to avoid Juju and Damian, but also drafting Montgomery in the fourth. So it's like a wash, right? <laughs> it's like, who cares? Whatever. Uh, since we're on the Chiefs, um, you know, Brad, how scared were you on Thursday night about Mahomes, but also waking up Friday morning knowing that it's not totally significant, obviously going to need surgery at some point, dealing with a fractured kneecap. Uh, what's your thoughts on how the Chiefs offense is going to roll with Matt Moore under center? So, so I'll be honest when I, so I was watching the first quarter or so of the game and then I, I paused it to go and put my kids to bed. And in the, in the time I'm up, like getting ready to rock my daughter, all of a sudden my phone just started going nuts. Just, I had it on vibrate. It was just, I had 42 text messages in less than five minutes. And I was like, what is going on? Jake wanted me to text you. I held off. No, I was like, what, what is going on? And I'm, and so I looked at it and I, then I see a, tw- a Twitter alert that all it says is Mahomes is hurt. And I was like, oh man. So then, you know, I finished rocking my daughter, put her down. I go back downstairs trying to figure out what's going on. And I, I saw the play and you like, you see him laying there with the straight leg and, and like not bending it and laying on top of his lineman. It, it was, it was like, like his, he's done. Like, I don't know what just happened, but he's done. Well, when you have a dislocated kneecap, you can't bend your knee without like kind of forcing something to, to shift. And they said he probably saved, saved having major surgery by keeping his leg so straight until they fixed it. And then at that point, then the report comes out yesterday that he may not even miss three weeks. He might be back in, in two because they had a Thursday game. He's obviously going to miss this next week, but in two and a half weeks, he may be able to be back and literally only miss one game. And I don't know if that'll happen or not, but just the fact that that's even a possibility Everybody in, in Kansas City is like taking this deep breath, like, ah, we're good. You know, like it and Andy Reid's had really good success with with backup quarterbacks in the past when they've been kind of forced into action. They've got the Packers coming in on Sunday night, and who knows, you know, the Green Bay looked really good yesterday. So there's there's no telling. And the Chiefs defense finally showed up against Denver. We expected them to get some sacks because the Denver O line is brutal, but the Denver O line had produced a run game in the past. The chiefs are one of the worst in football history in the first six weeks at stopping the run. And they completely shut down the Broncos running game. It was like, I was shocked how, how little Freeman and Lindsay did against them. And because, especially when the first drive of the game, you know, aided by a couple third down penalties, they went down and ran the ball right in, got a touchdown. And it's the second time it happened this season. It happened against the Ravens at home too, where there was a penalty on the extra point. They kick the extra point, they make it, but there's a penalty on the Chiefs. So they decide, oh, from the one-yard line, we're going to go for two. And they don't get it. And it completely changes the momentum of the game at that point. The Ravens did the same thing um, in Kansas City earlier this year. They didn't get it. The Chiefs went out and, like, blitzed them in the first half. And the Chiefs did the same thing to the Broncos. It, It was, you know... Didn't matter. And I, I thought the biggest play of the game was right after the Mahomes injury. 
Um, you know, obviously they <clears throat> they kicked the field goal on that drive, and then they kick it off, and the first play that the, the Broncos offense is on the field, they sack Flacco, pick up the fumble, and run it in for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, the defense made a play. And I think everybody on the offense is like, whoa, our defense came to play tonight. They're picking up. We don't have our quarterback, and our defense is picking up where we left off. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're going to go and run this team, and they like they didn't put up prolific offensive numbers, but their their defense was. I mean, nine sacks. You know that. You know, uh, I don't. I don't even know if they had <clears throat> outside of that fumble. Um, let's see, they had three three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. So they had they had you know they were forcing fumbles all night. They like it was just a really impressive defensive game on the road in Denver. I have no idea what they're going to do against the Packers. The Packers are actually favorites on the road right now in Kansas City for Sunday night. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what happens going forward. Jake, how are you going to rank these guys? Um, you know, Damian obviously is is not a start. LaShawn McCoy is the best back on that field. There's no question. 16 for 64. Are you going to play him with confidence? Obviously, you're, you want to play your studs in Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, but where are you going to rank these guys? Like, is Kelsey the consensus top three tight end from week to week now with Matt Moore under center, or is, or is he is he a buy low? Like, how do you feel about this Chiefs offense with Matt Moore? Actually, so the one is I think Tyreek Hill is an amazing buy low because the trade offers that I saw over the weekend and and then in the comments in the section in the chat that I did and everything, like, oh, my God, people don't want Tyreek Hill anymore. It's ridiculous. He only needs I, one I just, play, as you saw on Thursday night. I, I don't get it. So, and it, to the point being is even if it's three to four weeks, it's still it's not going to be that bad where Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes, especially to get into the playoffs and through the playoffs for you as a fantasy owner, like what? Uh, go buy low on Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey. I think this might even be a better buy low. I already thought he was a buy low. This might even be better now because people are panicking about the quarterback. He is still. I don't even know if he's top three right now. I mean, honestly, he's kind of like top five. The mm -hmm. Darren Waller, Mark Andrews have him up. The, you could put him in the conversation. With, I would put right now, this season so far, even after yesterday, because you have to account for the weather and how terrible that field was. Right. But George Kittle, to this date, you know, even with his, his issues, has been a little bit better. Uh, he's actually scored. So, you know, I think that he's in the conversation for the top five. There's no question about it. Travis Kelsey still has the ability to be the number one, especially Patrick Mahomes. So go by low. He's going to be in the top five every single week because you know who is in the top five every single week and everybody's why is he in the top five every single week was DeAndre Hopkins. And look what happens. You know, they're going to get right. This is why these guys are what they are. So Sean McCoy, fringe RB2 and RB3. And for the rest of them, Worst plays. I don't, don't don't even touch any of them. I don't, I, that's including the wide receivers. You want to try them? You want to do it? You no. want to try and pick if it's going to be Damian Williams this week, or if it's going to be Sammy Watkins when he's healthy, or if it's going to be Brian Pringle, or for last week if it was going to be Miko Harmon. Like if you want to do it, go right ahead. I'm not putting any of them. In my hey, I've been sitting Robinson for a couple weeks after that one donut, but I definitely won't play him now with with Matt Moore. I, no, I, and to go into that game, correct me if I'm wrong, but everybody felt like that was a Demarcus Robinson. If you had yes, to start any of yes, the others, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of Robinson buzz. I, I think Moore will be fine. I'm not saying to go start him in a 12 team league. I mean, if you're in a pinch, no, he's going to get a new contract out of this. Yeah, uh, Brad, you're right about Andy Reid. I mean, the offense, he's still a great play caller. There's still some weapons around too, like you. Like you said, Jake, I mean, w one play from Tyreek and all of a sudden Matt Moore has a decent game. So maybe a, a two quarterback flex thing. But I mean, there's only two teams on by. So there's some other options out there for sure. I want to talk about this Titans and Chargers game because this Chargers like that was typical Chargers. Was it not the heartache? I mean, every single week there seems to be something else. I can't believe Just it. Just when like, you thought they couldn't lose yeah, a different way. Right. Just when you thought they couldn't lose another way, they march all the way down the field. Austin Eckler is not involved in the game at all in the first half, and then all of a sudden he starts making plays in the second half. He ends up with seven catches for 118. He had a receiving touchdown. He didn't do anything on the ground, five or seven. Melvin Gordon didn't do anything on the ground either, 16 for 32. Saved his day with a touchdown. He had two catches, negative three yards, but does find the end zone. Receiving touchdown, but if you – Miss the end of the game. It's typical Chargers. Austin Eckler looks like he scores a touchdown. He's down at the one, and then they try a couple times. There's a Melvin Gordon run. He doesn't get in, and then another Melvin Gordon run, and he ends up fumbling. And, you know, I saw Anthony Lynn at the end of the game like, listen, that's the right play call. If you can't get in from the one, then you don't deserve the win. I think it was the right play call, even though they didn't have any timeouts left. Melvin Gordon just puts it on the ground. But, Brad, this is a team now that's 0-3 with Melvin Gordon, and the Chargers – just look tr like trash. They've lost more games yeah. this year than last year. <clears throat> they do. Their offensive line is still bad. We talked about that last week. But Melvin Gordon on the year so far, 36 carries, 81 yards. Like, that's – it's just – he's never been a really efficient running back, and now he's going backwards. Pay and that man. 
Yeah, Eckler <laughs> Eckler is <laughs> yeah. Eckler is is you know, like you said, he salvaged the game late when they were I mean, they were losing pretty good in this game and trying to come back at the end and and Philip Rivers was doing his dump off game. Keenan Allen, four catches, 61 yards on 11 targets. And Keenan Allen used to be super efficient. In the last three weeks, he's just basically disappeared. I mean, yeah, you take your 10 points in a PPR league, but that's not what you're expecting from Keenan Allen because you're expecting him a lot of weeks to almost get 10 catches, let alone the yardage and potential touchdowns. This is just not a good offense right now. They've got a bad vibe going there. The, the chemistry is as the, the I'm not saying the locker room chemistry, but like the chemistry on the field, the flow of the game has been messed up by Melvin Gordon coming back. Like this is not a good team. And, and it's shocking to me that a team that a lot of people thought would at least contend for an AFC West title might be staring down a top eight or nine draft pick next year um, because of, of how bad they are and, and how tough their schedule is the rest of the way. <laughs> new, yeah, quarterback. new quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Year, yeah. Justin Herbert. Here we come. Yeah, they're going to have to start thinking about it. One of my buddies, when we were sitting here yesterday watching the games, said is we're about to see a massive overhaul between like Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers getting close. I mean, you can keep going down the line. There's a there's a lot that are kind of in the top 10, 15 discussion that are about to be on their way out the door. So it's going to be very interesting to see like the landscape in general. But yeah, I don't think that like. This Melvin Gordon kind of feels like the RB2. It's kind of like the Sean McCoy. You kind of have to keep putting him out there. Would you buy low on him? Would you try to get him? Or are you just. This this goes back to the same conversation we had a few weeks ago with the GJ Chark versus Odell Beckham situation. If I have a winning record, if I only have two losses, one loss is undefeated somewhere around there, uh, I'll go buy low absolutely on Melvin Gordon because I can afford to take that risk because you're probably, if you're that kind of record, you're probably not trading too much out of your starting lineup. That means a lot and you can absorb that risk. So, Although, I will say this at the same time. If you know it's going to take a home run play for you to even make the playoffs, that I would also. So My point being is, like, if you're in contention but you're losing and you need to win, then no. But if it's you're on one of the other extremes, then yes. <clears throat> yeah, I will say this, fair. too. When you look at their schedule, they play the Chiefs twice and the Raiders twice, which look to be, to me, the only four games. And, and granted, one of the Chiefs games is Week 17, so that's not even necessarily a fantasy game. Those are the only three games in the Shouldn't fantasy be. schedule that I, I think they're that they they there's a legitimate chance that he's an RB two or better because they play the at the Bears, the Packers, the Broncos, the Jaguars, the Vikings. I know we talked about how the Bears defense has been exposed a little bit, but outside of that, like those are all really good run defenses. I don't want anything to do with him in those games. And and Eckler to me would be a much better play than Gordon in those games. Why like shouldn't they just go back to Eckler? <laughs> when everything was so good for them for the first top five running back in the league for the first couple weeks, winning games. I know, I know they lost two of their first four, but they were in those games. There was some heartache. I mean, in Detroit especially, I think we can blame it on the kicker again. It always seems to be something that we blame it on with the Chargers. And for Melvin Gordon, I mean, two point three yards per attempt is is not great, but it's not like he had great per attempt numbers in his career. I mean, last year was five point one, but everything you know, before that was sub four. So I, I don't know, man, I think maybe I would buy low on this guy, but I think also just be a headache much, much like Joe Mixon. Like, again, are you buying low on Joe Mixon, Jake? Do you even want Mixon? Do you even care about him? <laughs> I mean, this guy led the I, AFC I, in rushing yards last year, but the offensive line is completely worse. Andy Dalton led that team in rushing yards yesterday with 33. No, So I laughed because my answer, I'm not saying like it's, it's yes. Well, like similar to what I just said, but I'm laughing because you can get him for nothing. People want to drop him and probably well, are going dropped. to right yeah, now. He's, he's they, they, so at this point, he's like a throw in. So if you're going to tell me, like if I was making go back to like the DJ Shark and Odo Beckham trade, if I was on the other side of it, because Odo Beckham finally had a hundred yards for the first time in forever. This you could say, I'll give you Odo Beckham for DJ Chark and Joe Mixon. And you'd just be like, all right, fine, whatever. Like that that's kind of like what I think you could do at this point and that's where I'll buy low because it's just a throw. And if I have to give up anything is significance, like my third running back, like because depth, bye weeks, anything, anybody that could potentially be a starter for me, no, I'm actually not at this point. Yeah, Brad, you acquire him for depth, but you can't play him. It's just going to he's going to hurt you. He's topped 8 <clears throat> points twice. 16 yeah, and 11 no. is his best showing so far this year. Got no no interest. No interest in playing him in my lineup. Like, you, if he does have a big week, then you just kind of take the L because, you know, that you have to, you know, you got to trust the process. And the process right now says you got to bench him. Yeah, it does. Okay, 
back to that Chargers and Titans game because we got to talk about Corey Davis. This guy gets six catches. It's only the seventh time in his career he's had at least six catches. So he shows up. Tannehill, like there was, I watched a lot of that game. There was some some ugly plays from Tannehill, but he still got the job done. Twenty three for twenty nine, three hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns, took two sacks, had the one pick, but he was using his weapons. AJ Brown had six catches for sixty four. Davis six for eighty. Is Davis now alive in your mind, Jake? Are, are we back? on the Davis train like what what's your thoughts here and another wide receiver remember we had that conversation on the footballer show with Casey Hayward um, being an elite corner but for whatever reason you know there's been some touchdowns against the Chargers and some big plays given up oh 100 percent we joked about it and said hey look Corey Davis might have a sign of life now that the quarterback switches happen and you know I don't think anybody was even I don't even think you were expecting it to be of this of course good. not no exactly and it, mostly because the Casey Hayward, but again, we've seen this from year to year. Casey Hayward's not as good as it used to be anymore. Like the, the Jan- Janoris Jenkins was terrible for the first couple of games, and he's, despite turning the corner, still not Janoris Jenkins. Marshawn Lattimore was headed that direction, and he did officially at least flip the script. But we've seen corners like this is why a few weeks ago, joked about it with the running backs and said the same thing for corners. If you want to get a huge contract, some of the running backs, be an elite corner because your lifespan's about three years, and then all of a sudden you're just not anymore. So, I look at this and I say, there's a lot of factors at play. Tannehill's better than Mariota. Yeah, Corey Clearly. Davis is still a great talent. Corey da- or Casey Hayward still might not be as good as he used to be. All that being said, arrows pointing up. Corey Davis is officially back into the wide receiver three conversation. And to be honest with you, the ceiling of being a wide receiver two looks like it might be back in play. Yeah, Tampa on the schedule this week. Brad, would you roll him out as a wide receiver? Yeah, for three? sure. Yeah. And, and, oh, and I, have I no might problem even consider it Mariota against Tampa. Come on. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. I, but I, I, you know, I mentioned last week. I'm actually, you know, up on AJ Brown because of the big play potential. He had six catches, 64 yards too. Like they were using their top draft picks and, and trying to find ways to get them the ball that that Mariota was not doing for whatever reason. You know, for, fortunately for. For the wide receiver side of things, Delaney Walker disappeared when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. So yeah, it, that's that's what you're looking for out of this offense. Is like, look, you drafted these playmakers, you drafted them high because they were legit wide receiver prospects. Let them play, and and that's you know they move the ball down the field. They got first downs with those guys. They dump it off to Adam Humphreys, four catches, forty yards. Those are the three guys you want to see them using. I mean, even Johnny Smith got in the mix because I think they realized like, look. As good as Delaney Walker has been in his career, and and all respect to him, Johnny Smith has way more upside. Let's give this guy the ball and see what happens. It, it feels like the whole offense kind of changed. Now Derrick Henry still was extremely inefficient, still, you know, but it, it's it's a volume play with him. You're still, you know, 22 carries. You know, he even had, mixed in a catch, probably on a screen pass. I I'll be honest, I didn't see it, but the it's 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 a volume play there. But yeah, there's more passing game upside with Tannehill for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that was nice to see. I played some Corey Davis in DFS, but um, honestly, it was a bad DFS game or bad. You know, if you had Rodgers, Marvin Jones, Chase Edmonds, and trust me, it happened. Somebody won a million dollars with those three, those three guys. It happened. Um, so Corey Davis didn't do a whole lot for me, but I think moving forward, this is very positive to see Delaney Walker was dealing with a little bit of an injury. I know they downplayed it in Tennessee ankle injury, Mahomes, the knee we talked about Matt Ryan ankle injury. It looks like he avoided a a serious injury, although reportedly in a walking boot after the game, the Falcons, uh, like uh, let's not spend any time on them because they're just pathetic. Adam Thielen, hamstring injury, fuller hamstring, carry on Johnson knee, uh, Josh Gordon, He's out tonight. Alvin Kamara ankle we already talked about as well. So Thielen, that's a that's a pretty big injury, Jake, for Adam Thielen. Diggs had an, another big game. Kirk Cousins, three straight games in a row, and now going to face his former team in Washington. Do you expect anybody else to step up in that offense as the number two if Thielen's not playing? Uh, I mean, I guess old D.C. Johnson, and not just because he showed up in that game, but he's been getting the most opportunities and somebody that kind of fits their offense. I wouldn't be surprised if we see somebody promoted or maybe they sign somebody off the street for depth because this is a team that's been running around. I think most games with four wide receivers, there's been a few. If I'm remembering correctly, I feel like they only had three that were active. So uh, maybe Laquan Treadwell gets, but but we're not, we're not going to be that interested with anybody. I think if you look at the game yesterday and watch the second half, and again, this is always tough to project. Like we talk about it with, you know, whether it's baseball, football, whatever it is, when you're coming in mid game, somebody you've never seen before, a plan gets thrown out the window. Somebody gets hurt. Patrick Mahomes. They didn't, immediately have a whole new playbook and scheme for Matt Moore at quarterback. They had to run the Patrick Mahomes playbook. So 
I say that with the fact that you saw a lot of Irv Smith. And I think Irv Smith could be the answer. If I'm looking for a tight end, I kind of threw him down in the you know, future stash at tight end situation because Kyle Rudolph has been so miserable of somebody that like, hey, if you're in a deep league and you're just taking shots and just want to stash somebody, I think Irv Smith, because he's in that Evan Ingram mold, that mold where like you know, he's more of a receiver than a tight end, I think he's somebody that you could look at of, hey, maybe he kind of becomes the – second wide receiver, quote-unquote, or at least mixes in with Olabisi. Brad, would you play Kirk Cousins next week with with no feeling? Because it does look like – Jake, is he already ruled out, or it does look like he's already ruled out for, for I mean, they, the report, according to – it says it's, quote, hard to imagine he's going to play because they had the Thursday night football game. For Kirk Cousins, yeah, he's got 10 <clears throat> touchdowns way, in Case his last – By the way, officially the starter in case you're concerned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, for Kirk Cousins, he's got 10 touchdowns in his last three games, 300 yards in each of them, now leads the NFL in yards per attempt. 9.1. Um, great matchup against his former squad. We know he liked the revenge. Would you play him next week with no feeling, though? Um, I, I would, but kind of only in desperation. And it's not that I don't think the matchup's good. It's because I feel like there's a chance this could kind of go the game flow route of week one where they were just yeah. up the whole game. They're running the ball like crazy, and he might get 10 attempts at the end of the game. And so at that point, you need him to be ultra efficient. I do like Jake's take about Irv Smith. They Even even yesterday, Kyle Rudolph had a good game. He did. Um, they're, the, that's what I think their answer is. If, if Thielen doesn't play, they're going to try to get – they're going to go two tight end sets and get the tight ends more involved. Two tight end sets make the running game better too, which is what you know we all know that's what they want to do. So I I think they're gonna just truck the the Redskins, and I think there's a really good chance that that Dalvin Cook is the RB one next week. Yeah, pretty good chance that you know since we're talking about that game, I mean that was a 72 points scored in the Vikings in Detroit game. I didn't think there was gonna be that many points scored in that in that contest. Jake, you you mentioned Ty Johnson when we were doing I think the Lions preview, but if there's no carry on. Like, do you care about Ty Johnson, J.D. McKissick still being involved, or is this just Matthew Stafford drop back and throw 45 times, which is exactly what he did yesterday? No, I do care, but just because it's a relevant running back. I, I don't think you're going to see the split where he's getting 65% or anything like that, but I think we mixed in enough because McKissick's not an answer similar to, you know, the kind of conversation Brad was having before. Uh, where it's like, you know, for a couple games with Deion Lewis, you might be able to get him 20 touches, but you don't want that over the course of the season. I don't know. You want McKissick even getting 20 touches, period. Mm. So Ty Johnson, who, you know, looked to be potentially the answer to fill in for Theo Riddick, but what we said back at that time and what people remember is that he's bigger and stronger and he can actually run between the tackles. And so I think if you look at somebody that's just kind of needed an opportunity to flash at times he has – I think he'll be involved. I think it'll be at least a 50-50 split. So if you're running back needy, uh, again, it's if carry-on's missing time. It, it, it's kind of weird. You know, they throw him back out there. They put the knee brace on, but mm. then he just sits on the sideline. So I don't know. It, is he going to miss time or not? Yeah, because, Brad, it's a good matchup against the Giants. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I I personally, like, Ty Johnson to me is kind of like a, a super deep. The, the biggest problem to me is is what they – the lack of volume going Kenny Galladay's way. You deserve to lose a game when Kenny Galladay has two targets. That's And I don't care if he's covered. I don't care if he's double teamed. This is a guy who has shown. You don't care if Marvin Jones gets four touchdowns? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously. For the second you know, time Jones in his career, there, by the way. But when Danny Amendola has 11 targets and Kenny Galladay has two, when TJ Hawkinson has five, Jesse James has four. No, thank you. Like throw the ball up and let this guy try to make a play. And maybe you're all of a sudden not in a position where you're down, you know, down big. But I don't know. It's it was their defense. You know, it 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 was surprising to me because they were had been a pretty good defense before, and I would have never seen the Vikings scoring forty two points in this. But their run game is just unbelievable. And and but I you know Stafford to me is is the the guy in this offense that I fully trust week to week because the volume is going to be there, especially if Carryon doesn't play. Yeah, well, he's not turning your boy Kenny. Uh, to your point, no. KG seventh on the Lions in targets yesterday. Uh, tied with but if Marvin you tell me Galladay has two targets and Stafford still throws for 364 and four touchdowns like that's the guy that you gotta you, you can put him in your lineup every week and just trust that there's gonna be enough volume there to be a QB1 right hard to believe though he threw the ball 45 times and only twice to, to Kenny Galladay uh, okay let's get out of here on this we got the the game tonight between the Patriots and the Jets uh, we got New England as nine and a half point favorites um, what's your thoughts Brad who wins Jets. I'm taking the, the upset. I think they win at home. I think Darnold has completely changed his team. He's made the defense better because they're off the field more, you know, him getting back in there. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Jets in this one and, and 
Let him shock the world. <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> Patriots by two scores. Okay, I think it's. I think the Jets cover. I I, I would want to see their offense against a solid defense. Ben Watson gets the touchdown. Ben Watson gets the touchdown. <laughs> Bolden finds the end zone. Uh, just a notification on my phone before we get out of here. Kareem Hunt rejoins the Browns. Can practice with the team. Eligible to play Week Ten versus the Bills. Sell Do you care? high. Do you care, Jake? No, sell high. Yeah. I'm serious about the no, sell I, high I because agree, yeah. this is the whole the Nick. Chubb. He's not going to get involved unless Nick Chubb gets banged up. Right. I mean. He'll have touches. I mean, he's not going to significantly get involved. Okay. All right. Give Jake a follow. All in kid. Brad a follow at Brad Ziegler. Myself at Chris Meany. Make sure you check out Jake's article. If you don't have a subscription, again, theathletic.com slash the throwback will get you 40% off a subscription. You can see all the articles, all the podcasts, the fantasy basketball season getting underway this week. The draft guide full in effect. Enjoy the football game. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday.